1: If you love podcasters being wrong and lots of numbers being read out for an hour, then this is the podcast for you. This is the Arsenal Vision Post Match Podcast. My name is Elliot Spithaker, Blackman Twitter, Yankee Gunner. It's the Predictions Podcast. I, I mean, I have to admit, it's not my favorite. Clive's favorite, not my favorite. We we really, honestly, we only do it because Clive likes it so much. But <laughs> I mean, it is it is an important podcast because in this day and age. It isn't really important if you have good conversations. It isn't really important if you make good points. It isn't really important if you have something to say. What's important is if you were right or you were wrong about things that are going to happen in the future. And if you were wrong, you should be dragged. And if you were right, you should still get no credit for that either. So that that is the internet. That is what we are participating in because um, – Oh, so you don't like society? Interesting, but you participate in a society. Is the uh, is the meme we are participating in and engaging in here? Thank you so much for being here. We love you. This is officially season seven of the Arsenal Vision Post Match Podcast, and I can't even believe it. Like I, I I think about the fact that we're we're sat here doing this, and someone other than uh, my mom or my pets is listening to it, and it blows me away. And it is a credit to um, the tolerance of you, dear audience, but also the quality of. Tim, you can find him on Twitter at Stoberto. Hello, Tim, and welcome to season seven. Hello there, thank you. And Paul, you can find him on Twitter. Pause my pants. Hello, pause, and welcome to. Um, I, I, well, we can announce it your final season on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woohoo! And Clive, you can find him on Twitter at Clive P A F C. And Clive, I do want to congratulate you on on the new pod you're starting.
3: hello hello i'm not sure what to make of that but hey here we
1: go no no don't make don't make anything of it because if you do um i know where you live um okay so uh i do want to let you know we'll have an all or nothing pod coming out um the first three episodes are fun uh i think you'll enjoy them they're definitely manicured but there's insight there i also think it gets you fired up to root for these players there are going to be memes that come from it let's just say that there will be memes uh if you are meme inclined there there's Fertile ground there for memeing. So, um, with that having been said, I will tell you that we don't just do a season prediction podcast. We are so bold as to put our predictions out. And I will tell you just basically, last season, we predicted fifth and sixth place finishes for the Arsenal. Um, I predicted sixth. Scott uh, Paul predicted sixth. Tim, Clive, and Scott went with fifth. On points, I went 61 Tim went 64, Clive went 66, Paul went 61, Scott went 64. Goals scored 57, 66, 66, 63, 60, and goals conceded 45, 44, 40, 45, 42. It's all on our website under stuff last season's predictions. But the point is um, we we beat those predictions. The, the club beat our rosiest predictions, um, and and that's great. But there's more progress to be made. We'll see what kind of progress we predict this time around. Scott will have his own pod for this. We will do a pod with Scott, you know, respecting his, his rightful position as the numbers guy. Uh, we don't want to embarrass all of us with his accurate numbers and our guessy numbers. So here we go. Let's kick it off. I'm going to start with you, Tim. Um, Arsenal's final position in the table this season will be. fourth and you'd take it you would absolutely (laughs) take it um clive arsenal's final position in the table will be
3: just to drive the disco boys crazy i'm gonna go third
1: (laughs) third okay um and we're, we're gonna have a quick discussion about this after we log all of this paul arsenal's final position in the table will be uh,
2: four-and-a-half, which I know is not allowed, but I really think it's a toss-up. I'm going to go with fourth because I'm an Arsenal supporter, but like I think it's touch-and-go for, anyway.
1: Yep, I'm I'm putting you down for fourth, and I am going to go with yep. third, and that means we all believe it's return to Champions League football for Arsenal, and I guess, Tim, just to, just to linger on this for a moment, it really is the point that we still believe that City and Liverpool are a good distance beyond everybody else, and that after that, much like last season, there's a cluster of teams that may surprise you in the positive way or surprise you in the negative way, but don't have a clear claim to being better. I think Chelsea have fallen back to the group of Spurs, Arsenal, and United, if you want to put United in that group. I don't think United have done enough aside from signing, you know, a coach that I think we we rate and think is good and, and a couple of good signings to be fair. A good fullback, good center back, um, you know, but maybe not quite as much as they had hoped to to clearly vault them ahead of Arsenal and Tottenham, who I think look, at least right now, to have either the most settled or the most ready team to go attack mount top four. And so it really, I think, as it always does every season, unfortunately, come down, I think, for most of us, to whether Arsenal is going to finish above Tottenham or the other is going to happen. I have us as doing it this season, but I acknowledge that Spurs, as much as I hate to say it, have a very good coach, have some very good players in their prime, and look like they built the exact kind of team that Antonio Conte needs to do well. So I, I could see us finishing fourth behind them, third ahead of them. Chelsea are, and United are the wild cards there. But is that sort of how your analysis shapes out for this?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be small margins again. Um yes, probably between us and Spurs like you say Man United completely unknown quantity, I think at this moment in time. Like we have to acknowledge how bad they were last season and they do have really really good players. They really do. Like it does amaze me how quickly opinions flip on players, but they have a really really good squad and if they can put it together then you know they they really should be a member of that top three. I I agree. I think I see Chelsea falling back a little bit, um, maybe only just for this season while they get things sorted. I just think they've had so much upheaval in a short space of time, and I completely agree with your assessment. I think Arsenal and Spurs have had very similar summers. They had a plan from day number one of the summer, and they've both carried it through. and I think got about 90% of what they wanted to get ready for the first day of the season so I completely acknowledge I think Spurs have improved as well so at this stage I'd say it will be exactly the same as last season it will be small margins Um, I just think completely unscientifically it's about time those margins went our way and to be fair there was a lot, I think, when I say that went against us, I don't mean that was unfair, but right. I mean like injuries to key players at key times and things like that, which I, th- I think we'd have got fourth um, without, obviously. But you know what I mean? I, I just feel like it's so slight that this time it should go our way. Again, yeah. unscientific.
1: Yeah, I, I think, at least as far as Arsenal and Tottenham are concerned, and, and probably Chelsea as well, an un an unwanted, unwanted doesn't make sense because they're all unwanted, but a strategically bad injury at the wrong time of the season is going to mean that team doesn't achieve their goals. And, you know, an extra penalty given in a game is going to ensure the other one does. I think the margins are that fine. And Clive, maybe the team that we're not giving enough credit here is Chelsea. The ownership change doesn't impact the pitch. Now, they have not had the summer I think they would have wanted to have. And I think a lot of people look at that as a reason that they will not, go on to have the season that they had last season. Um, which, it's not that it was a great season, but 74 points, almost surely enough points again to be in the top four, and maybe ahead of Tottenham Arsenal. They did have a, a plus 43 goal difference, so solidly, solidly ahead of Spurs and Arsenal in that respect. But, you know, they've lost players. I don't think they've solved exactly what they want to do up front unless you think Sterling is the answer. Um, Connor Gallagher is is a really good and interesting player. So... Are we are we sleeping on Chelsea a little bit? How do you see that Spurs Arsenal Chelsea and United cluster breaking out?
3: Well, oh, I think uh, it's going to be. Um, I, I don't think we're sleeping on Chelsea. I think they'll be fine. They have a in, inbred culture around winning and what being a Chelsea player means. I've I always think thought of maybe, them that way myself. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that culture's being tested because it was it was um, driven down by the owner. So now we, what do they, what do they stand for today? We don't know. We don't know the tolerances. We don't know what the environment's like. Not just the owners changed, but key people have changed in the executive. There's no Marina. There's no Peter check There's some key people that have gone there. So what players do? They jump into gaps. They jump into gaps. And they test the organisation around their behaviours. And I think that's going to be interesting. It was interesting to hear Tuchel talk about. The commitment levels of players pre-season when they played Arsenal. There are certain players looking out the window, looking for contracts elsewhere. So I think they're going to find it a little bit tough because stability is key. Um, I I could go on, mate. I'm, I'm Manchester United. I don't I don't think much has changed. They just banged out a four-two-three-one. with slightly different rotations there. The players are the same. Martial playing false nine. Not buying it. A lot depends on Rashford and resurrection shall we say and he's a fine player if he does come back I think he'll 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 do a bit and I think England need him as well in the World Cup so that'll be one to watch Spurs I I think
1: Are United just real quick can I ask you about are United sort of us two seasons ago so to speak like you know they got a new manager everything was broken they've got to tear it down and rebuild and hopefully they don't get it right as they haven't for many many years but right now they look to me to be in the early stages of what we were trying to do
3: and they're trying to do it, but nobody's convinced by what they're selling. So that's why they're not able to bring many new players in. Right, so now we're into a situation similar to Arteta two years ago where he's putting in a bunch of tactics with people that he doesn't really like. And we yeah. can say that two years later because the team is completely different. Right, and now we can see all the specifics that Arteta's put in place and we're all talking about it like we're experts. Well, he put it in place <laughs> and we're learning from him. You know, so I think Ten Hag will, hopefully he's been given, I mean, it's from a football perspective. Hopefully he'll be given time, like Arteta has been given time to put his imprint on the club. But doing a rebuild when European markets are dead apart from the Premier League is very, very tough as we are finding out when we're letting people go for a set of tracksuits and a set of balls, right? It's really Mm -hmm. tough, right? So um, it's interesting to see them go through. I mean, I could go on earlier, but I don't want to take up all the time. But... um, I think I I do think the league is going for a piece of transition, actually. I don't think there are too many settled teams. And I think a lot of teams are introducing new players, new philosophies. And if anything, the reason why Spurs and Arsenal are getting a bit of praise pre-season is because they are layering on their playing philosophies from last season. And I think that's why we're suddenly looking a little bit brighter, shall we say, from a a going-forward perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well said, and, and you, we aren't covering the news today, right? We're doing our predictions, but obviously a lot of outgoings taking place. Loan for Patino uh, that looks like a pretty good one to a coach who did well for Brooke Norton Cuff, Cuffy, um last season, so that's happening. Leno gone for chump change. Torreira gone for chump change. I think the issue that, that any of the top six clubs in Premier League have is if you're trying to sell someone who at one point was a starter – that means they were on starter top six wages, and there is a sliver of football clubs in the world that will pay that, and that that is just the the rub now for these teams, so something to consider if you're aghast at the the fees we're getting. Um, selling your starters means you're selling big wages, and sometimes we look at other clubs and say, they're selling this guy who hardly played, and they're getting a fee for him well because he might be quite good, but he also might be on 20 grand a week, and your starters aren't so. A lot of these other clubs have players they've struggled to sell or had to give away or or, or sold cheaply as well. So, uh, Paul, um, let's transition from your final position thought to points, but you you had us at 4.5. I'm guessing then that you are probably pricing in the Arsenal bias in all of us to realize that Chelsea and Spurs were ahead of us last season, and as it stands right now, it is not a clear and obvious straight line to us being better than either of them.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Spurs are will be frustratingly solid as they ended the second half of last season. Conte has got a, as he wants, if you want instability at Spurs, you need to have Conte throwing his toys around in the summer and he is not. Um and I just don't think they'll they'll waste too much next year. They're going just go it'll be like that car ahead of you that's hard to get past. Um yeah. And we may have a few ups and downs and this and that, but way more exciting project team. You know, if I were in neutral out there picking a team, uh, it'd be us. Uh, I think we'll play better football, have better, better, exciting runs, but they'll just be, from our standpoint, very dull and frustrating. Chelsea is the one that has lots of shenanigans potential there, and we could see. Uh, fireworks coming out of Tuchel's head at some point, and I do think the culture thing is going to change massively internally and will imp- impact them on the pitch. So that's my opportunity to get past them, and I think it's too soon for United to be consistently good for the season. So that's why yeah, I Yeah, the, the I only think thing forward. I'll say
1: on Spurs, Spurs are frustratingly solid, but I think they're the same team they were last season in the sense that I think they're going to beat some big teams because their style of football is solid. It's great for counterattacking. It doesn't give a lot away. I still think that they are the team of this group that is going to have the hardest time consistently beating the bottom half of the table. It may come down to who
2: has a lot of draws and they could end up with a lot of draws.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you know, and this is where they depend on just like Sun or Kane doing a magic in the final third and to be fair a lot of football comes down to that and they have that so kudos to them i guess paul stay with you give me the points total for arsenal this season 73 see and that's the thing right like i it's it's a very very rare season that doesn't get you in the top four so that would be a two what a two-point improvement am i am i right in saying uh, uh pardon me a four-point improvement right yes Over- a four-point improvement on this season and i think We're not going to see the kind of improvement we saw last season, I think, where we were, what, eight points better? I mean, that would get us to 77. I think we'd all take that. Um, But yes, that gets us in top four. Tim, what do you have for points?
4: Yes, 71, um, which actually got Spurs fourth this season, therefore emphasizing my small margins talk.
1: And and I mean, at at 71, again, it... it there were a lot of paths to 71 last season, too. You see how small those margins are. And, and and in the other direction, again, I brought it up numerous times, Tottenham Hotspur were trailing by two goals in the 94th minute against Leicester away and won that game. And any other result in that game, and we're top four and they're not. So, you know, just something to think about. Clive, what do you have for points for us? I, I, I know that predictions and predicting specific numbers is your thing, so what, what do you got?
3: <laughs> yeah, this is not my favorite podcast of the year, but ah, I will – I will I will say to you, I think last we, season. 69, I say 78 this season. Woo, me. me. Yep. That, by
1: the way, that nine-point improvement is the exact amount of improvement Spurs made this past season, so it's not impossible to do it. I think the higher up in the point totals you get, the harder it is to add those numbers. I think 78 is in the range of outcomes, though. I have us at 76 points for this season, which is why I have us third. And yeah. I think it it boils down to obviously a little bit of luck injury, luck in particular, certain players staying fit and playing the way they are. But we have a front line now that I think has more goals in it as we'll come to next. And ultimately those goals are the reason I think we will finish ahead. It also is the case that last season, we still were very much searching, right? We started the season with Obama Yang as a starter. The middle of the season, Lacazette was a starter. And by the end of the season, Eddie and Kedya was our starter. Um, you know, when your center forward goes through that kind of transition during a season, that's not a good sign. Um, this season, I don't think we have any such problem. And and by the way, I think we will still strengthen a little bit. I think there's more incomings ahead, so let's keep an eye on that. Uh, Clyde, I'll stay with
2: you. 75 for me. I've changed my mind. I'm, I'm up in two. 73 is too low. 75.
1: Okay, that leaves Tim as the negative Nelly on 71. Yeah. Tim, you'll have to hope that Scott <laughs> bails you out when he comes on for his pod and goes to something like 57. Um, yeah. I will say that uh, – I think the range, right? So last season, I thought the range was big, but big to the bottom end and bigger to the top end. I think the range to the bottom end this season is is less. Like I guess what I'm saying is, last season I thought we could finish with high 50s points, and we had done so in the previous two seasons. This season, I don't think anything below upper end of the 60s is realistic, and that's good because it means our floor is European football and and top four really. We have we have a base camp to assault. Um, top four. Mm. So, goals scored. Tim, I will just tell you so you have something to work from. Last season, obviously, this this is what held us back. 61 goals scored. Eight fewer than Spurs. 15 fewer than Chelsea. Uh, just four more than Manchester United. 61 goals last season. What do you have this season?
4: Uh, 70 this season. Yeah, I think, I, like, if we don't improve on that, we've been Badly coached, I'd say, with the with the people that we've brought in. Maybe even Ye- the person we brought in.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously you could wind up in a situation like Jesus is out for a long stretch, or Jesus and Sack are out for a long stretch. There's always a reason why you but don't. Even
4: get then, there. even then, like Inketia will do more goals than Lacazette.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I think the whole system, like this is the thing. I've been on this podcast before having said things like, I don't know if Mikel Arteta can coach an attack. Okay, raise my hand. I said that. And to be fair, because at the time it did not look like we created near... I mean, it's hard to remember that once upon a time we were getting seven shots a game, right? We were, we were averaging less than one expected goal a game. Clive, now we're not. Now we're up the pitch. We're pressing high. We're winning the ball back and in transition creating chances. And I think the chances we're creating is going to lead to more goals. I, I mean, that's an obvious statement. But... If you look at this team, 50 or, or, let's go back to 2019. In 2019, 56 goals. In 2020, 55 goals. Last season, we bounced that all the way up to 61, so we added six goals. I mean, not a monster improvement, so the points improvement didn't come with maybe the huge improvement. I think to be in the top four this season, we are going to need close to 70 goals. So from the 61 last season, how many do you expect us to get this season? <sighs>
3: Well, to to be consistent with where my head is, um, I think I'm looking at Chelsea scoring 76 goals last year. And I don't think any of us will call them free scoring. You know, maybe that's just a recency bias in in my mind. I think we can get 76 goals. That's what I think we can get.
1: That'd be um, a fun season.
3: Yeah, I I really do. I, I see a different in dynamics, a different form of energy. I see, even though the pattern of play is familiar it's different and I think we're going to surprise people. I really do. And so, yeah, I can see, I can see all, we know the goals that Arsenal have sort of scored historically in recent years. They've been beautiful to watch. We can all see them in our minds. Some of the goals I've seen preseason are just goals. Everyone else scores half chance goals, goals we can't see coming, you know, it's, it's I think we'll get a lot more of those. And, and from that, we'll get some big scores. So yeah, 76 is my number.
1: The funny thing is the last time we eclipsed that was 2016-17. We had 77 goals and finished fifth, one point behind Liverpool, who had 78 goals, ironically. Um, and since then, it it really has been a, a pretty weak slide down. Now, we also finished sixth in 2017-18 with 74 goals. So the, the the addition of goals doesn't guarantee you the, the top four place you want. But I do think that it is the component that's been missing from us getting to that position in the table so Paul what do you have for goals scored this season um
2: like I think we really got into got to get into the 70s here I think it would be a real disappointment for me if we're not hitting those numbers I'm gonna go with like 73 74 let's get let's say 73 to be vaguely conservative um mm-hmm. I think two goals per game You know, we tracked that for a long time last year. I know we think we didn't score a lot once, even when we were winning. But in that run uh, from whatever, Southampton to the uh, international break of 14 games, that was two goals per game. Uh, Maybe there could have been one or two tougher fixtures in there that that we didn't face on the average. But I think two, two goals per game is obviously 76. That's what Chelsea got. And for much of last season, when we as long as we have the players we need um and to your point, I haven't been hit by injuries in the wrong places uh, for too long, I think two goals per game is a, is a reasonable clip that we should be able to do across a full season, um but we'll have a game or two, you know it, there's always a little bit of a dip, so yeah, yeah that's my that's my rationale and I think Chelsea's a good market marker i think i think i think we'll spread the goals around and we'll see that when we get to the individual tallies more than we think we will um but yeah that's the number
1: yeah and and the funny thing is a lot of people think the way you get to those numbers is you're just better in every game but realistically the free scoring teams what they do is they rack up a few four and five nils right a few fours a few fives a few sixes we just haven't done that. This team looks poised. Look, this team's going to beat someone 5-1 or 6-2 this season. There's going to be a result like that this season. Yeah, I'm sure a of 10-0 as well, obviously. So I think, you know, you do that twice. You know, you post a couple of fives instead of ones, and suddenly you've just improved eight goals over a previous season. And I think this team has it in them. You know, watching that all or nothing thing, it's a reminder that after our bad three-game start last season, what did we go and do? We went and beat Norwich 1-0. And we went and beat Burnley 1-0. <laughs> you, know, you know, that was the way we resurrected our season. Now we needed it, we did it, and thank God we did it. But like, um, I I don't I think those kind of games against the relegation fodder this season, we're gonna have a couple of fours and fives. Doesn't mean we won't lose stupid games too, but I, I think the goals are in there. So for me, I am gonna go with I'm gonna go with. S- Like there's a part of me that thinks this whole thing could just pop and we get like 80 goals and we finish third. And and we're the team people are talking about is like, we weren't quite city or Liverpool, but wow, look at this Arsenal team. The hard part for me is it still feels fragile in the sense that you take a piece out and it's like a Jenga thing, right? I could see it all falling down with, I could name one or two pieces that I think if they were pulled out, we look a lot more like this, the team of two seasons ago than the team we want to be this season. But I am, I'm going to really push the boat out and say 78 goals. I, I think the system creates a lot of chance. I, I, I mean, I think there is a possibility, and I know I'm going based on preseason, which is so dangerous, but I'm also going based on what I saw in the middle of last season, right? That December to April time when we were trending to be that kind of team. I think we can do it. Uh, and and I, don't, I, I don't think I have a history of trying to be positive for no reason. I have a history, of some would say, of being overly negative. I paint what I see. <laughs> right and what i see is a team that looks kind of like it's clicking and has the pieces to be where it needs to go so i'll say 78 um for goals allowed it, it's funny right cuz this is where i'm like yeah whatever concede however many you want score the goals i'll be happy right so like i i tend not to focus on it but if you look at it city conceded 26 last season liverpool conceded 26 chelsea conceded 33 spurs 40 arsenal 48 united 57 right so Yeah, City and Liverpool scored 99 and and 94 respectively, but it's conceding in the 20s means you're just going to win a lot of games because teams just aren't going to hurt you. But the way they do it is they keep the ball away from their half. There's a lot of data that says, forget defending. The further the ball is away from your goal on average, the fewer goals you concede. And we are going to keep the ball further from our goal. Two seasons ago, we played low block football, counterattacking football. Last season at times, we played mid block football. This season, we're going to be playing high press, high possession football. That means the ball is going to be away from our goal. I still think we concede more than we might like because I think the press at times will get broken that we will make mistakes in the high press and teams will get in behind us, but they won't do it enough to really punish us the way we've seen at times. So I'm going to say that we make a defensive improvement down to 42 goals conceded, which by the way, if you're doing the math at home, which I hope you are, cause that's literally the point of this entire episode puts us at a plus 36 goal difference, which is, um, still not as good as what Chelsea produced last season. So if you're saying that's outrageous, we're not going to get there. Well, we were at 13 last season. Spurs were at 29. Chelsea were at 43. I have us at a plus 36 with 42 goals allowed. Tim, goals allowed.
4: Yeah, th- 39 is what I'm going for. I, I agree with that. I-, I think, first of all, we've got two really good defenders who've come into Well, actually, whether Zinchenko's a good defender, I suppose, is up for debate. But I think he strengthens our defense. Mm -hmm. Um, not least because he helps keep the ball away from there. Um, And we've brought Saliba in and Saliba for my money knocks Cedric down um, the list. So basically we've kind of replaced Cedric and Tavares with Zinchenko and Saliba. And I think that leaves us in a stronger place personnel wise. But I agree with you. I think most of it will be because hopefully we will be better at keeping the ball away from our goal. So I'm going 39 conceded.
1: Yep, I agree. Clive?
3: Yeah, I was gonna. I'm around the same. I, I say forty, just to keep it nice and round. Um, I, I think we'll control the story 36, of more games. You and me. Yeah, I think we'll con- mm. we'll control the story of more games, and we may concede in like a four-two type thing scenario. Do you know I mean? But it won't really matter that type of thing, and so um, that's what I'm hope I'm hoping for: controlling the ball, increasing technical level, controlling the story of football matches, just win. And then I actually don't think the goals against going to massively change. I think the story will be in the goals for.
4: Yeah, can I just add as well, like a, when you look at, we lost 5-0 at City and 4-0 at Liverpool last season, and that's that's nine goals right there. I, I'm not expecting to win either of those games next season. I'm probably expecting to lose both of them, but not by that much. Hopefully we can close that gap a bit and that might eat, eat away some of the, uh, the goals conceded.
1: It's a good point. The funny thing is, I, I see us as the, the opposite of Spurs in a way, Paul. like Spurs are a team that look poised to beat the big boys and struggle against the lower half because of their counterattacking prowess and their defensive solidity. I think we're a team that wants to play high-press football and keep the ball. And I think we'll be able to do that against 85% of the league to great effect. We're not ready to do it against Liverpool and City, which means do we have a plan B for those games? And if we don't, it, those games could be a little bit tricky, right? Because you try to high press and and control the ball against Liverpool and City, you only have to get it wrong. Uh, Clive, jump jump in here because you you got something to add on that. But, you know, well, I just got to Those say. are the games we could get punished.
3: Yeah. I'm sorry, this is where the Arsenal man comes out of me. When I hear people Please. talk about Spurs in positive light, I have to jump in there, right? Because <laughs> I watched the Spurs preseason game versus Roma, and there was no free flowing football, barely any shots, barely any creativity. And and I watched the way Roma sort of mid-deep blocked him. And it was easy for him. One-nil win. Well, they can attack Marino them. <laughs> they can't attack them. And Richardson came on. And he was their spark. He was making big dribbles from deep. I'm thinking, yeah, well, that, that's just plucky football. You know, um, I may be um, digging my own grave here, but I, I think I know what Spurs are going to do. And I'm just a bloke. So, if I analysts are watching this, if you're watching Spurs and you're not you're not reading all the rhetoric of preseason and, and fearing them, just sitting in mid low block and wait for them because they've got no creativity at all, they need spaces to run through, and then you just run through them, and that's it uh, It's not I honestly feel but to be fair Clive, they're a known quantity they're a known quantity. Yeah. you just got to be sharp and not make mistakes
1: to be fair, I think that's what we've said though, right, which is they could struggle against the bottom two thirds of the league. I think it's the teams that give them the space, the big teams that want to control the ball and push them back, that actually give them a platform to go do the thing they like to do. That's all I'm saying, right? So they they may be a team that, you know, because look at them last season. I don't think they played any good football last season, but they didn't drop, they didn't lose to City or Liverpool in four games, right? Because those games suit them a little bit.
3: Yeah, I, I think I don't cool. think they got respected enough by those teams. City is just an unlucky team. I mean, Spurs knocked City out of Champions League. I don't know how they did that, right? So, and I don't think they got respected by those teams in where they were in the season, but I think they'll be respected now, is what I'm trying to say. I mm-hmm. think they're okay. more of a known quantity, and I think they could find it difficult, more difficult than everyone thinks they're going to find it.
1: Cool. All right, um, Paul. Quickly on goals allowed. Uh, yeah, 42. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, look, the funny thing is, we're all of a piece on this. I'll, I'll stay with you, Paul, quickly. We're, we're going to start to do some some speedier stuff here because I want to get through all of it. There's a lot. Um, top score, who do you have? And that's top, all, all goals, non-penal. Oh, by the way, for any stats, we're doing Premier League only unless otherwise stated, right? So Premier League only, top score
2: uh who's the top scorer in the premier league not, not no ar- no sorry
1: our to- arsenal's top scorer sorry
2: I, uh, gabriel jesus that's easy
1: okay um tim you agree
2: 100 percent agree
3: yes
1: yeah seems hard to argue with that clive
3: well you can't not in pablo, audio format you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> pa- now i'm hearing that pablo marie's going i think i'm gonna go for jesus yeah
1: yeah, I'm going to go for Gabriel Jesus as well, uh, look, Clive. I'll stay with you look, for a second. Yep. Look, Elliot, can I say the the
2: because no, mm-hmm. I didn't really say much, and um, the knock against Gabriel Jesus is that he underperforms XG. You know, you know what my joke on this is, Elliot? Don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, if you, if you think back on his past record, five loaves, two fishes, he feeds five thousand people. Now, if that isn't over performing your XG, I don't know what is. There you
3: go. There boom. you go. Had to
1: there get had to get it in. Boom. Yep. Bible joke. Okay. Uh Clive, player of the season.
3: Ooh. I'm gonna go Jesus again, I suppose. Hmm. Um I think he's you know, based on what I've seen so far in my own eyes, his influence is just massive. Uh and yep. um, But there's a number of people that I think are making strides forward, and as we would expect with a young team. So um, I'll say, Jesus, as we sit here in early August, it just seems obvious.
1: Yeah, he he kind of has to be right. If we score the goals that we've all predicted 76, 73, 78, and he's our top scorer, he's going to be our player of the season. Tim, do you have any other direction you want to go?
4: Uh yeah, I'm gonna take another stat. I'm gonna say Martin Erdegaard, um, because I've said many times I, I think he was close to our player of the season last season. I think that's another 10-15% from him. Um having an actual striker in the team will help that. If he if he if he shows his real potential and gets close to his ceiling I, th- I think he's along with Saka the most talented player we have so I'll predict Erdegaard yeah
1: Paul
2: uh, Gabriel Jesus for obvious reasons Uh, If we're going to have the season, blah blah blah, then Gabriel Jesus must blah blah blah. I am getting flashbacks to last year's predictions where we had various things that said Pierre Emerick Aubameyang because if we're going to have the season to blah blah blah, he and (laughs) that that
1: uh, yeah. To to be fair, if Jesus is playing for Barcelona in January, I don't think Mikel Arteta will be the manager of Arsenal in January, (laughs) so I don't think any of that's happening. I think think we would have said that
2: last year with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yang though too. Well uh,
1: yeah. I mean let's let's not let's not okay <laughs> let's not do it. Um I've I've got Saka. I think I think he will run Jesus close for scoring and he will add the assists. And I think he he continues to be a, a guy who has the ability to break a game open in one v one situations. Um I think some of the reason he'll be player this season two is I think he and Jesus will be a toss up and he's the academy player, so he wins it, right? I think it's I think it's that simple. Um but if it if it's Jesus, like I could just as easily see that being the case. Tim, who's your breakout player this season?
4: Um, I'm gonna say uh, William Saliba, um, if if indeed that counts. He I does. do you know what? I've, I I didn't quite say this on the other pod, but I. I've got this weird feeling that the back four. I think we're going to see on Friday night with Ben White at right back. I've just got a funny feeling that that's going to work and that we'll stick with it for quite a while. Um, I'm, you know, I've I've no idea what um what the the kind of status is with Tomiyasu. I think with Tomiyasu and Tierney, what we're seeing now is they don't have to be rushed. They don't have yeah. to be rushed yeah. anymore. And uh, I've just got a feeling that if the season starts well, Arteta's just going to go. I'm going to stick with this until it doesn't work anymore. Um, and I can see Saliba playing a lot of games. And 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 if that comes true, and then Saliba's in the first eleven, therefore isn't in the Europa League team. Um, you know, I I I'm not saying that will definitely happen, um, but I, I think it's definitely in the range of possibilities. I, I think William Saliba, and I think the conversation we're gonna have a lot as the season goes on is oh, God, can we tie him down to a new contract very soon, please? I, I think that's a conversation we will have a lot on this podcast in the coming months.
1: Let's hope we don't need to because it's done before the before the end of August. Um, Clyde, breakout player.
3: Yeah, I agree with those sentiments around the back four that Tim just spoke to. I actually see Tommy Yasu spending time at left back this season. I think that's something that was tried last year mm-hmm. and and I think I can see Zinchenko going into midfield more often than not. Mm-hmm. Also, more often than we actually realise. So I think there will be days when Tom Yassif will be inverted left back and Ben White inverted right back. and Great options to have. Great options to have. My breakout player, after watching the weekend and seeing a mini-transformation both physically and emotionally and speed-wise has got to be Gabriel Martinelli. I think, I'm not. Does that still count? Am I allowed to say that one? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because I mean, yeah, yeah. it's my, my choice too. <laughs> yeah,
3: because I just see <laughs> this. Better, better <laughs> um, I see this relationship building with with Jesus and those three boys look like three forwards. I said that and and it was significant the change. And I had concerns about him, you know. And all my thoughts of rebuilding the squad, I wanted. A serious, tall, physical, wide man. I still do, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Martinelli, you've you stopped scoring, you stopped showing, and um, I don't have those feelings anymore. So I think you'd be a breakout player.
2: Paul, I'm struggling with what would classify as a breakout player. A float one, right? Granite yeah. Chaka. Now I know people will be rolling their eyes, thinking, "Oh, this is my Chaka." agenda but actually I if you notice I mostly don't talk about jacker because you know um I think we've uh, uh, and me a little bit but I think we've totally underestimated how good he's going to be in a good team and how unshiftable he is from the left eight he will become uh for hmm. another season but yeah. And, yeah, and, like, right. I, I don't think we're going to have like a Smith Rowe comes from nowhere, or a Saka comes from nowhere. I think Martinelli is like the natural breakout choice, but you guys have picked him. And, like, for a conventional breakout player, Martinelli or a Zinchenko, but I don't know if that one counts. I think Zinchenko will be big for us, but I think, but I don't think Zinchenko is going to be taking uh, Chaka minutes. I think what we're going to see is, The breakout partnership will be Zinchenko-Chaka finding their spaces, Chaka dropping a little deeper, uh, Zinchenko popping in ahead of him, and that'll give all sorts of variability to using Chaka uh, in the left-eight spot, opening up that space for Zinchenko to alternate with him as the left-eight.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to – and I I see that. I mean, Chaka has an important role to play, and if he plays it well and he isn't – just dislodged from that position, that's going to mean he's adding something he didn't add last season. So I I think the whole ceiling
2: conversation, right? I'll say this very shortly, Mm -hmm. like, oh, Satcha, you know, Chaka limits us with the ceiling and he does, but he keeps moving the ceiling up somehow. I don't know how. And the team playing better football. You're like, oh, actually he's going up with the team. Shocker.
1: I, I think a lot of this analysis, just like everything we're predicting right now, is really heavily dependent on preseason meaning something, and I know you think it does, and I am inclined to agree. Uh, Clive?
3: Yeah, I just want to say, as we're analysing this, and there's one player that's okay. missing in all our minds, and that's Fabio Vieira. And mm. I, I've, like everybody listening, has watched all the bits and pieces we need to watch, but we, we have such short memories as football fans, right? And he's not in our minds at the moment. And I think when he comes into our minds, I think he's going to absolutely change our tactical view of the team, and and people's strengths and roles within it. As soon as he settles, I think we're going to naturally look at the game and look at the team differently. And so, yeah, I'm I, I'm looking forward today when he c- gets on the pitch and hopefully meets our expectations because I think there is a very good player. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. I agree. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Martinelli, but I'm gonna say this especially having watched those first three episodes of, of all or nothing, like don't sleep on Emil Smith row. I, I realize he's out of our mind a little bit right now. First of all, those episodes make you really want to root for the guy, but there's a part where Arteta talks about why he sent him on loan and what he wanted from him on loan at Huddersfield he said, I don't care how you play. I'm not going to watch your games. I don't care how you play. You have the talent to be one of the best players in our team. I want to hear what other people say about you. I want to hear what other people say about you as a man, not as a player, not how you played as a man that they sent him away to build character, to build personality. Um, and, and I think the fact that we gave him the 10, right, the fact that we gave him a, a more senior position squad shows that he showed what he needed to show on loan and came back ready to go. Injuries have meant that he's had a stop-start career for us, but when he has played consistently, he's always had goals, he's always been influential. He's going to have to find his place in this team again, at least right now, because the place of someone else's, and maybe through the Europa League, that is a very, very talented player that we are very fortunate to have. And I, I think there are things you don't necessarily know when you're watching the game, but behind the scenes, cert- you certainly get the sense that he's someone who, inside the club, they believe has all the talent to be as good as anybody in the squad. So, one to watch out for. Tim, we're going to start to have to speed this up a little bit. So, let's get into a little bit more of a, uh, a rapid-fire disappointment of the season and maybe a one-sentence rationale.
4: What do I think the disappointment of the season will be?
1: I was thinking player, who would be like the okay. disappointment of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to pick one, so nobody get mad at any of us. I'm forcing you to pick one.
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um I'm gonna say I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know on this That's one.
1: That's good. That's good because last um, season.
4: I'll I say, seven, so <laughs> I I'll say um kieran tierney just because i'm I'm not sure how much i actually expect that but um i'd Mm -hmm. say if he has a similar time with injury again that might be the end for him at arsenal
1: yeah agreed paul one sentence or less on your disappointment of the season (sighs)
2: um i don't actually expect it but i gotta pick somebody um
1: that's exactly right
2: (laughs) i'm gonna go with Ben White, because I think it's such an interesting thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I think that's a really interesting shout. Given that he has someone competing for his specific position, and if he does, if Tomiyasu gets fit and takes the right back position back, then Ben White's in, in a sort of he might get squished space
2: there, in kind of the yeah. way Tierney might. But I like, I'm a big okay. Ben White guy. I'm not. I got it. I, I, I no, think no caveats.
1: Not letting you caveat. You hate Ben White and you think he's a bad player, yeah, yeah. Clive. Who's the player you hate and think is bad?
3: i i don't hate him but i don't think we play his football anymore and i think he's becoming very apparent and that's rob holding i think if we want to be a high five line such team, a
1: softball answer i
3: i just i just don't think we i don't think we um play that football anymore i just don't think we do he's great right? it's not a problem we all know what he is we don't play that way anymore apart from the last 15 minutes of the game when we're holding on which we won't be holding on at all this season right so that's the player that I think is starting to stand out players on your exterior mm-hmm. have got to allow us to play half the, up the pitch if we can't play up the pitch we saw what happened at Spurs right he gets too tight gets turned gets rolled problems so from a purely tactical point of view rather than him being disappointing I think he's fine I think Rob can struggle this season
1: yeah, I I have two. So I have a really aggressive one I could pick that's kind of spicy and and fun. And then I've got one that I think is a little easier. None of the, no one's going to like any of these answers because you're picking a player that you think's going to have a bad season. I'm not saying I think it will happen. So the one that's kind of easy is Samby. I'm not totally sure where his position is. And I'm not sure he'll lock one down. They're saying he's looking good at left eight, but I think Vieira's there chomping at his heels. So is Smith Rowe. So it could be Samby. I've got. I'm going to go with Samby, but I just want to say because I think he could get squeezed in sort of the same way that that Paul was saying Ben White. But I just want to say an interesting pick that I don't have the guts to pick is Ramsdale because we saw Ramsdale have a weaker second half of last season. He has something to come back and prove. Now I think he will prove it again. I think he will prove it. His passing is what he's there for. And I think it looks back on point, but unlike a lot of these other players who are coming off good seasons where they built on their reputation ramsdale started hot and faded a bit john harrison did a great thing i think on the latte firm on on where his weaknesses were in the back half of last season john's going to come on to our pod uh, in the near future but but ramsdale for me is someone who has just a little bit to prove to say he's more first half last season ramsdale than second half um okay we'll stick with the speed round that isn't speedy enough so keep speeding uh europa league star I'm going to give mine first, and my Europa League star is Emil Smith-Rowe. I think it's his path into the team, and I think he's going to dominate at that level. Uh, the group stage of the Europa League is a perfect place for Smith-Rowe to say, pick me. Um, I was torn. I thought about picking Enkedia there. But as much as I think Enkedia will play well, I think Smith-Rowe has the talent to, to just dominate there. I picked two. Yes, Clive, I get it. I get, I get dealer's choice there. But I'm going with Smith-Rowe. Clive, who's your Europa League star?
3: Do you want to pick any more while you're at it? Just like to sort of. Um,
1: I I think Vieira could be in the mix. I would say you know maybe. No, just
3: keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think Eddie will be the Europa League star. I think that's a that's a lock, mate. He'll he'll start mm-hmm. those games and he'll get us he'll get us going and he'll get lots of goals. Yep. And um, yeah, he's my one and the only one I'm going to speak about.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well done. Well well done on the speed round too, Paul. Speed round. Europa uh, League star
3: ben white because it's the only place he'll
2: play i'm joking um i'm going uh viera i think that's you know he's a very he's he get blown away in the wind he's got a whole he needs a season to you know eat ham sandwiches fill out and stuff but he's going to be perfect in the europa league and he's going to amaze us
1: i will eat the ham sandwiches on his behalf don't worry about that tim who's your europa league breakout star
2: yeah,
4: Eddie. I think he'll score. I think he'll fill his boots in the group stages, yep. and I've got a, a hunch that if and when we get to the knockouts, that might mean that we keep some faith with him um, and don't just take him straight out of the team. So I, th- I think he'll play a lot in our run, uh, however long it ends up being.
1: Super useful too, because we're going to need him this season, not just in the Europa League. All right, here we go. The over/under section. You just say over or under. All right, and before we do that over under the number of vitamins you have to take every day to get your nutritional value and to keep your body healthy. It's probably like 100, and you don't take them because it's pain in the butt, it's expensive, and most of them are just gummies that you pee out the vitamins anyway. Well, I take AG1, and I can tell you from personal experience that it is way better than that. I cleaned out a shelf full of vitamins. I take it every morning. I love it. It tastes great. Plus, I get some water. You need to drink more water. So what is AG1? What is this stuff? Well, it's 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, Okay, it supports your health, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. So, all the things. Okay, Um, I love it because I like the way it's derived from whole foods. I love it because it's helped with my gut health. That was something that I specifically targeted as needing. Nothing else worked for that. Um, You know, I, I drink a lot of coffee. I wanted to get off that a little bit, and I find that it helps with energy throughout the day, not just those bursts like caffeine gives you so really good. It's lifestyle friendly too. So if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, no problem you can use it. Um, it no GMOs, 1 gram of, less than 1 gram of sugar, cheaper than the price of an expensive cup of coffee per day and over 7,000 five star reviews. So it's time for you to do this. One scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash vision. Like this is Arsenal vision. So you're just going to use vision. How hard is that? It's not hard. It's athleticgreens.com slash vision. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash vision to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Clive!
3: Is that enough of that? (laughs) (laughs) Indeed.
1: (laughs) Tim, Gabriel Jesus over under 18.5 Premier League goals. Let's zip through it, baby.
4: I'm going to say over, but just, I reckon. I picked these numbers
1: really well. I make it really hard. You're going to go just (laughs) over Clive over under 18.5. Premier League goals
3: over, you know, what I'm like, just get the over in
1: (laughs) golden, golden boot for him. I see Paul over under 18.5 goals just under. Yeah. Yeah. So God, you hate all the players. It's weird. I am going to say I'm going to go over. What the hell? Um, yeah. Uh, and and again, I, I want to make the point. Well, we'll make that point in a moment because Clive, fl- uh, Paul flagged it in the pre match talk that we did. So we'll flag it in a minute. Uh, Paul, I'll stay with you. Martin Odegaard, <laughs> goals plus assists over under 16.5.
2: It's pronounced Odegaard. Um, just
1: under. Under 16.5, goals plus assists. Um, Tim, 16.5, goals plus assists.
4: See, I think under, but I tipped him for player of the season. If he's going to get player of the season, it's probably... I, I, I'm I'm going to say under.
1: Yeah, I mean, 10 goals and 6 assists, he could still get there if he's just pulling all the strings too. Um, did you say under? Under. Uh, pull, yep. uh, Clive, what do you got?
3: Yeah, just over. <laughs> just over. Mate, yeah, I'm going to say this, just over. This is over. an open-top bus time,
1: mate. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... And and the question is how he's going to get there, right? Like, could he do eight goals, eight assists? Like, I could see that. It's the goals. that's going to be interesting. He needs to he needs to add those, but he looks like he's poised to do it. Um, so let's give him the over. Saka Bukayo Saka. You may know him as Bukayo Saka. You may know him as the the little chili pepper uh, star boy, Tim Starboy. Over under goals plus assists eighteen
4: point five. I'm going to say over. I I think he'll have um, a bit of a breakout season in front of goal, and it looks like he's taking our penalties as well, so over.
1: All right, Paul, this is where you wanted to discuss this. I have this as all goals, all whatever, so penalties included. You don't want it to be penalties included. You have over under 18.5 goals plus assists, and be very quick on your penalty point, please.
2: Uh, Well, uh, we don't know who will take them, and you don't know how many penalties a team gets. It varies significantly, so I'm going to say... Uh, over if he takes the penalties and he probably will. So I'm gonna go with the over, but I actually think under okay. uh, under if he
3: if he doesn't. So
1: okay, Clive, in, in one <clears throat> sentence or less than one sentence, over under eighteen point five per second. Goals plus assists.
3: Um over what Tim said. However, I did notice at the weekend when he took that penalty, he was the guy that was fouled, so he took it. And it wouldn't surprise me if Martinelli really takes some penalties. I just got a feeling. But hey, yep. Yeah. I still think I.
1: Jesus over. doesn't have a great record with him. Martinelli, goals plus assists, over under 16.5. Tim.
4: Who was that? Sorry? Martinelli. Martinelli, 16.5. Uh, under. Okay. Clive?
1: Yep, yeah,
3: just under. If he takes penalty, just he's under. over. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say over and I think it'll be close, but I could see it being like 11 goals and six assists, something like that. He, you know, he's breakout player. going to be great. kedia goals, goals, just goals, Tim over under
4: 10.5. I'm Premier League under. I don't, I don't think you'll play enough to do more than that.
1: Clive.
3: Sorry, I missed that player. Sorry. I'll oh, Nketiah. Oh, I'll say the answer. Mm-hmm. Inketia, okay. what numbers?
1: 10.5. 10. 10.5.
3: 10.
2: Helios, I'm beginning to think you Hmm. saying the names really fast hasn't speeded us up.
1: (laughs) I'll say the name slower if you say your answer's faster. Come on, ten point five. and Hall. What do you got?
3: Just under. Just under. Okay, Paul. Just under.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say over. I I think, you know, we forget there's five subs this season. He's still going to play a lot of minutes, and I think he's going to come on against tired teams (coughs) that are chasing the game, and he's going to score running in behind, and I think it's going to be beautiful He's also going to come on for a
2: lot of games where our job, because we start quick and score goals, is to uh, keep us solid and harry their defenders, so it works both ways.
1: Perfect. Smith Rowe, Paul, goals plus assists over under 14.5.
2: Under. I think he's okay. going to have to struggle a bit to get his minutes and stay fit and all that kind of thing. And he overperformed on XG for a while this Massively. year. Massively. Yep. Yeah. Love the guy. Okay.
1: Yep. Look, if he plays, he's going to smash this. We just don't know how much he's going to play. Tim, over under 14.5 for Smith-Rowe goals plus assists.
4: I think under. Um, that, that's roughly what he did last season, right? 10, yep. ten Premier League goals. and maybe He only had, three, had a couple three, of assists, assists.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think under because I do think Martinelli will have a very good season. Yep.
1: This is just a factor of minutes. And again, like for me, five subs means he's going to have chances to play. I, I think he can get there. I have him just under two. Clive, what do you have?
3: I have him just under, but I heard your words about Smithrow earlier and I thought they were very strong and powerful. And I saw an interview with him this morning about him at the um, – the premier last night, and he looks, he's not fit at the moment, but he looks really hurt by that. And I saw like a determination within him. Well, you know what? I sort of agreed to you, Elliot. What's his space on him? He's a play I don't read, but I'm um, just mm. under. But this he's book is boy. not is not fully written, and that's for sure. Mm. And I, I might be reading him wrong. I've always said that I don't see him as clearly as others. So, yeah, what's his space
1: we're running out of the time we have to record. Otherwise, I would have added in a section I forgot to put in, which is a uh, number of interviews in which Zinchenko is crying, but I'm not going to do it. I love a man who cries. I'm a man who cries. He's a man who cries. That, that's a thing I could be warm warm to. More men should cry. Cry. If you're listening to this, please start crying. Uh, Pepe, goals plus assist, Premier League. Tim, over, under, 5.5. 5.
4: Under. I, do, I, I
1: don't think he'll play, basically. Clive? I don't think he'll be here. That's no, going no. to hold him back. That will hold him back. Well, he may score him somewhere. Uh, Clive.
3: Yep, under. No need to explain oh, it. Under. I don't see the groove. Yep.
1: yep. Uh, I'm going to say over. I weirdly I, think he's going to be here for the season, and he'll play just enough to, to like score six goals somehow. I think he even just, if
2: he's here, he'll be under. But anyway.
1: Yeah, probably. Tierney, Premier League starts. <clears throat> over under 18.5 paul
2: under i think sinchenko is here for a reason
1: yep Uh, fair enough Um, and you got the tyranny injury thing that's the issue clive over under 18.5 starts
3: over um i could say it's 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 a five sub game right and um
2: yep uh, starts, rather than, starts. These
3: are starts. Oh, starts. Sorry, I thought made meant appearances. Um, no, I still think just over. just over. Yep.
1: Yeah, he's a player we're sort of forgetting. He's still pretty, pretty good at the football. Tim, over under 18.5 starts for Tierney.
4: I'm going to say just under. I, I think that his minutes might be spread throughout the Europa League as well. Um, I, I think if, if he's fit, he'll play plenty, but it might not just be Premier League.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say over, it's not a lot of starts. I mean, if he doesn't start over 18.5 games the Premier League, fitness permitting, he's not going to be here next season. That's not a player who's going to be willing to be a bit part player. So watch this space. So Tim, then we'll switch to this. Zinchenko starts in the Premier League, where Tierney also starts, over under 6.5.
4: I'm going to say just over yeah, I think seven maybe feels about right. So yeah, over.
1: Okay, Clive, if you follow that question, starts where Zinchenko and Tierney start the game together. Over or under six point five.
3: I did listen to you. I say just under, but literally point five under. You know, um, mm-hmm. but hey, look, it's, it's a it's a it's an educated guess and barely educated. Yeah. So just under. Wait, we, we don't know
1: yet, but yeah, uh, Paul, over or under six point
2: five. I'm gonna go. Under, I uh, gotta back my Chaka theory that, like, where would he play mm-hmm. apart from in Chaka spot?
1: So, well, I yeah. mean, Chaka could get injured. He could have three or four red cards. You know, sure joke. People yep. jokes exist. Okay, yep. you're gonna go under. I'll say. I'll say under as well, and I think maybe the theory that winds up being disproven is that we bought Zinchenko for anything other than left-back. I think there is a chance that we bought Zinchenko because he's a left-back and we want to use him at left-back and he becomes mm-hmm. our left-back. Because we play a 2-3-5 and that position is not suited for Kieran Tierney, and it is suited for Zinchenko. Uh, Tomiyasu, Tim, Premier League starts over under 20.5. I'm
4: going to say under... I Yeah, maybe for fitness reasons, but like I said at the beginning, I can see the back four we're starting with this season, getting getting
1: some games together. Clive, 20.5 starts for Takehiro Tomiyasu.
3: 20.5. I think he got, I'm not sure he got last year, the early 20s, I think. Um, I'd say just over. He starts though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say just over. Okay. And my reasoning um, is, do you want no reasoning? Or i say it for please, the podcast. Please, quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. No, well, I just think the podcast.
3: We're, all, we're all loving, we're all loving these players and um, particularly sleeper but it's his, he's his first season in the Premier League and they're going to have to look after him. He's not going to play 38 games straight out. If he does, he's more generational than even I think. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. there will be a level of rotation. So yeah, that's where I am. Yep.
2: Paul? I'm going to go under. Uh, I think Arteta has wanted a headache of having two strong players to play each position, and he's going to ha- I think he's going to regret that headache uh, when it comes to selection time Acro- across the yep. course of a season. He'll enjoy it, but I think Tommy Yasu will be rested whenever possible so he can solve his Ben White-Saliba problem by picking Ben White at right
1: back. And I will say over. And my theory is simply that we are massively into the recency bias territory here. Tomiyasu was arguably our player the first half of last season. He is extraordinary. He is better than Ben White at right back. Make no mistake, he is a better player at that position. I do not believe we bought Ben White for the money we bought him so that he could lose his center back place to a player we did not keep around or use when he was here. Does that mean that I think Arteta hates Saliba? Nope, I think he likes him and I think he's excited to have him at Arsenal. But I think he likes Ben White more. And I still think that in his mind... Zinchenko, who he bought, he didn't buy Tierney, and Gabriel and White, who he bought, and Tomiyasu, who he bought, is his back four. And Saliba will get chances, lots of chances. But I think the plan, when fit, is to go with Zinchenko, Gabriel, White, and, Tom- and Tomiyasu, because that's his group. And we're just falling victim to recency bias. Now, do I think that's the right thing? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. None of us know yet. But for me, don't sleep on the guy who was our player of the season as long as he stays fit. Now, the problem is both he and Tierney haven't played any football since January, essentially. And that that could be the reason he doesn't get there. Saliba, Premier League starts over under 24.5, Tim.
4: Under. I think it will be under that. Again, a bit like Tierney. I see him playing between the competitions and, and playing a lot of games, but not over 24.5 in the Premier League, No
1: you have Saliba as our breakout player, much like you had Odegaard as our uh, player this season, and you then predict them to underperform. I like what you've done here. You've given yourself two bites at the apple. Um, Clive, 24.5 starts for Saliba, over, under? Uh,
3: just under. But I don't think we should look at that and say that's a bad thing because I think the club are super focused on trying to win the Europa League. So I think yeah. you're going to see some serious rotation when when the moment calls for it. You know, group you know, group depending, shall we say. So, yeah.
1: Paul?
2: Under for the reasons Clive says. Uh, I think we'll use him a lot, just
1: not quite 24.5. I'm going to go over, and the reason is I, I just think there's going to be a situation where William Saliba's playing too well to not be in there, and especially in the games where we are ball dominant because I think his passing is something that transcends what we've had in the back line before. Uh, I I think he will, he will show he's up to the task, um, and, and make the position his, which is good. That's how meritocracy works. Ben White, premier league center back starts over under 25.5, Tim.
4: I'm going to say under, yeah, to be consistent with, with what I've said. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's over at all, and and my kind of semi prediction doesn't come to light. But yeah, I'm going to say just under. Clive.
3: Yeah, I know that we shouldn't agree to him a lot. I'm going to say the same. But stop, we have to stop thinking about. He's playing centre back anyway, just slightly wider. He's
1: right? playing centre so, um, field, really.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's just playing to that. We know where he's yeah. standing. We're going to get the past maps, and he's just where would he stand for Brighton? It's the same place, right? So um, yep. He's been brought right for that, goes. in my opinion. So yeah, he's very good at it.
1: Yep. So. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. So you went under. Yeah. Um. Yep. Uh. Oh, Paul. Over under 20, 25.5, under. Center back starts under. Yep.
2: That's it.
1: And and I'm gonna say under. Yep. Go ahead, Paul.
2: No, that's it. I I, I think he'll I, play a lot, but I think he's he. he there's some vulnerability to some of the starts. That's going That's the position on the pitch that's is going to be the most ding dong battle. White and Saliba.
1: And the other thing is right. Realistically, I can't see Tomiyasu even being ready for selection for let's say five games. Right end yeah. of August. And if that's the case, boom, right there, you got Ben White, five starts at right back. he's not. I mean, you're down to 30, you know, 33 Premier League games already. Yep. So I just think before Tomiyasu's even in the conversation, White's going to have played a lot at right back. Sambi, Premier League <laughs> starts, Tim, over under
4: 7.5. i uh, going to say under, yeah. I think most of his football will be Europa League, group stage, League Cup. And uh, I don't see him starting many Premier League games, but I see him finishing quite a lot.
1: Yeah, this is linked to two things in my view. Um, Party's availability and Shaka's performances. If Shaka continues to play the way he is and Party is available, then I don't think Samby gets there. But if either of those things change, I think he's got two paths to being in the team pretty easily. Um, Not that I think he'd be the one-for-one Party replacement, but I think we'd reconfigure a bit, and I think he'd be one of the first in line to come in unless it's Zinchenko. I, I still see it under. I, I, I don't see the path to Premier League starts. I think it's Europa League for him. Clive, over under 7.5 starts for Samby.
3: Starts, I see, unless there's an injury, um, he'll be just under. And I know he hasn't said he's going to go out on loan, but if we were to buy in there, I nope. think it may make sense to loan him. It's all about player development. And there's no point in, if we were to buy in there, we all know who we're talking about. Um, why not loan Tea lemons. Yeah, why not loan Tea lemons.
1: In in the Discord, there's a gif of uh, someone dunking a lemon into tea, and it's come to represent tea lemons, tea lemons. Um, Okay, (laughs) so under. Uh, Clive, I'll stay with you. Vieira plus Marquinhos, Premier League appearances over under 11.5.
3: Oh, over. over. (laughs) I'm going to go over. I think – they're two. They're, they're the two exciting ones for me because I don't know much about them. But what I've seen, they play the way Arteta wants to play, right? So, so yeah, I think, I think over. Oh, no, you said appearances, yeah. not starts, didn't you? Yeah,
1: you appearances, fifteen point five. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Tim, over under fifteen point five appearances for Vieira plus Marquinhos.
4: Under, um, yeah. Again, mainly Europa League. Um, and Marquinhos is a player, I think, in the second half of the season that, that could potentially go out on loan.
1: Yeah, the thing that could throw this right with five subs especially is Marquinhos could get the last three minutes of like seven different games. You know what I mean? It could be one of those kind of things, and then that throws this whole thing off. I'm I'm slightly under two. I mean, I, I, I want to believe that Vieira... I think Vieira is the one that could throw this off because he could come in and be really, really good. He is a really good player. There's competition there. He's got to fight off, I think, Smith Rowe. Shaq is going to start there. Samby wants that position. If Odegaard stays fit, like I, I just think it's it's a real battle. I'm going to go just under, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets over on Vieira. Marquinhos, I could see having you know three three minute Premier League appearances this season, if at all. Paul, over under fifteen point five.
2: Going to go just under because you still have your Smith Rose who need to get in there. Loads of appearances for these guys, but just under.
1: Yep. Here we go. All center midfielders combined. So that that's. Thomas Party, that's um Elneny. Shaka. I mean, Elneny. Sambi. I guess we'll call Shaka that, Samby. Goals plus assists over under seven point five, Tim.
4: I'll say just over. I've got a feeling that Shaka might chip in a bit more than usual. Not massively, but a bit more than usual with a better left side around him. And I
1: think that might push it up. And he's sort of a cheat because he's he's playing more as an AM than a CM, but that's fine. Clive, seven point five goals from all of our central midfielders combined.
3: <coughs> goals plus mm. assists. I'd say I'd say under. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd say under. I go
5: under.
3: Got. I'd yeah, say I go under. I'm not gonna explain that. it because I cause I can't. <laughs> so yeah.
1: I mean, if Thomas Party starts hitting the target, that might change. Paul over under. Comfortably over its
2: goals plus assists, and we're going to spread mm-hmm. those goals around and those assists.
1: Okay, um, Odegaard doesn't count in that group, obviously. I don't think Shaka should in the position he's playing, but if he starts in central midfield, he can. Okay, this one's dumb because you just—it's so hard to predict cup football. But to be fair, this whole thing is dumb. Tim, Europa League outcome.
4: Um, semi-finalists. Yep. I don't. I don't. I kind of think we'll get one of fourth or win the Europa League. And I've said fourth. I don't think we'll do fourth and the Europa League.
1: Okay. Um, Clive, Europa League outcome. (laughs)
3: Um, Winner. I'll put it down. Yeah. I I think that's a trophy we're going to win.
2: Yeah, Paul. Like I, I never say this, and this is against every fiber of my being. There's no way we should be the winner. We're probably ten to one odds at this. Yeah, winner. I think we make the semifinals. If we make the semifinals, we'll win that over two legs. And I think we we will feel it when we get to the final winner.
1: It's weird. Arteta has won the FA Cup at Arsenal, and yet I think he's been a bad cup manager for us, largely. We've been bad in the Europa League under him, and we did poorly in the FA Cup last season. Um, I, I, I'm going to say semifinal. I think the problem with the Europa League right now is it's really this simple. Who drops down from the Champions League? Because I don't think there's any team we can't beat that's in it right now, but it depends who drops down from the CL, and that's going to determine you know what we do. I'll say semifinal with the caveat that like I think we can go ahead and win it pretty easily. Um, we have one last section. Tim, who's going to win the World Cup?
4: Uh, I'm going to say Brazil. I think, um, I, I, th- I think they're close to b- being one of the best teams in the world. They've got a very good, I think, a manager who will be very good in the tournament. I also think the climate might just go in their favor. That's an
1: interesting point. Yep, that's a really interesting point. Um, Paul, who's going to win the World Cup? France.
2: They're very, very, very strong, and they uh, will lean into Benzema. And they're very, very strong, and they got such depth. But yeah, them or Brazil, France. Both both of our wives are speaking here, Paul. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I am her glove puppet. It's very uncomfortable.
3: Yeah,
1: so I, I guess that, I mean if that's the case, then I'm going to have to pick the United States. And I I'm not going to be wagering on that, uh, Clive. Who do you have winning the World Cup?
3: Is it coming home? I'm not, I'm not really thought about it, but England got too many question marks over them, although they should be winning it this year. Um I'm going to say France without much thought really, just because I think their talent depth is just wonderful. So yeah, France.
1: France, huh? Yeah. Um It's tricky, isn't it? But I am going to say, I'll say Argentina. I don't what? know. I don't know. I, I because I got of the Lissandro
2: we, like, Martina pursuit.
1: yeah, uh, uh, that no, I I like Lionel Messi is done. This is it. It's his last chance. I think it's gonna be a bad World Cup. I think it's gonna be a weird, weird World Cup. I I I think there'll be players who a lot of players who aren't available because look, it's right in the middle of the season, and I think it's gonna throw up something weird. And maybe just maybe Lionel Messi in a slower paced game, right, in the heat, is someone who can String together just enough magic to to lift a, a World Cup. And and mainly because, like, I don't know who to pick. And I, I think it's going to be a crappy World Cup. We'll see. I hope it's not, obviously. But we'll see. Okay. We have our predictions. Once Scott gives his, I will post these on the website so everyone will be able to see them and follow them. Um, so that'll be just in a couple of days. You can lampoon them at your will. We will have an all or nothing podcast tomorrow and then a palace preview and instant reaction remember the instant reaction on friday for patrons and uh, the full match podcast will be on monday i hope you join us this season for the patreon we do rewatches of the games we do uh, player spotlight videos like we do basically scouting videos for our own players we um you know, we try to do a lot of extra stuff there you're getting a couple of videos and a couple of podcasts a week um and if you're in the uk it's down to like 4 pounds because of exchange rate stuff so like I, I, you know, I really appreciate everyone who's there. It means a lot. The discord is great. We, we get a lot of good information that's posted in there. You don't have to go on Twitter to follow the transfer rumors and stuff. It's a special community. It's one that I'd love to have you a part of, but if it doesn't work for you, if you can't do it uh, financially, you don't want to, don't like the podcast enough to do it. Totally understand that as well. Point is you're here. We love you for being here. I'm excited to go through the season with you. And we just, we just think it's going to be um, a fun one as we've just indicated. So we're happy to have you along for it. And I hope that I have spoken well, on behalf of Clive, who's on Twitter at clivepafc, thank you, Clive.
3: Thank you very much.
1: And Paul is on Twitter, paws my pants. Thanks, Paws. Woohoo! And Tim is on Twitter at Stilberto. Thanks, Tim. My pleasure as always. Here we go, everybody! It's all happening. Premier League's back, baby. August third, Premier League's back. Gosh, it's crazy. Starting the season, Friday night, under the lights. Still more podcasts to go. Don't worry, we got a lot coming up. Uh, make sure to get in touch and let us know how bad our predictions were. We love you, and we will talk to you after Arsenal 10, pals. Snow.